The following podcast is brought to you by Babe Media. I'm Emma Clark. And I'm Kelsey Burdett. You know those people you follow that just seem to get it? They have the Instagram content that you actually watch. They own the brands that you just can't stop buying from. And they tell the stories you actually remember. The kinds of people that leave you wondering, how do they do that? Well, we follow them too. And we have the exact same question. Join us as we interview the people that leave us thinking, oh, they get it. Hi, Emma. Hi, Kelsey. How are you? Good. Long time no talk. It's been years. It's been years. It's been years. years. I miss you. As always, um, we have a really fun conversation to share with everyone today, and it probably won't surprise you when you hear we started things off a little bit differently this time. Yeah. So who knows about the game? We're not really strangers. Why did I ask that as a question? You can't actually respond, but we're not really strangers. I'm sure you've seen them on Instagram. They have literally the best content. Like I'm obsessed and we want them to come on the podcast eventually. So this is our way of kind of like plugging that in and also getting to know our guests a little bit more on a personal level. Yeah. We love to see it. And we toyed around with doing either like the 36 love questions or we're not really strangers or other types of questions. And we just felt like the 36 love questions might have us falling in love with a little too many people, (laughs) really, if we're being honest. And technically, we've never met a lot of our guests. So this game really does kind of fit. And we started this week, we pull them randomly. And we actually got a, a pretty good question. Some of them are you know, really deep. And some of them are fun for stuff like this. So we lucked out this time. And it's a new segment that I think we're going to try and implement with more guests going forward. Yeah. So let us know what you think of it. We just thought, you know, it's a fun way to get to know our guests a little bit better. Like I already said, I don't need to repeat myself. But um, yeah, let us know what you think of it. We think it's fun. It also helps that Emily's just an absolute gem and she's so much fun to talk with. So our guest this week is Emily Oliveira and she is the founder and owner of New Beauty. And I think what's so special about their brand is that she's very adamant that they're not just a skincare brand. They are a complete wellness brand and skincare is part of what they do, but they're really big on self-care and If you follow Emily on Instagram or if you follow New Beauty on Instagram, it doesn't take you that long scrolling through to understand just what she's all about. Oh, their content is incredible. And in this episode, we kind of dive into her content strategy, how she builds her own personal brand alongside building a skincare brand. Um, And it's super interesting. And yeah, Emily is such a gem. And I've been following her on Instagram for a while. So it's one of those people where you're like, oh, I feel like I already know you. She's so good at being authentic on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And in this episode, we dive into a lot of different topics. We talk about how she's built her own personal brand on Instagram alongside with her skincare line. Uh, We talk about how she manages her time because obviously Mm -hmm. that's a ton of content you're putting out. Um, Also, she's hired a team this year. So we got into leadership strategies. Um, There's just, there's a lot of good takeaways in this one. So many good takeaways. And it was just a fun conversation to have. So hopefully it's fun to listen to. Mm -hmm. Without further ado, let's get into it. Let's do it.
Welcome back to another episode. Today we have Emily Oliviera here with us. She's the founder of skincare brand New Beauty, and she's also a content creator on Instagram. Emily, thank you so much for being Hi, here. Hi, I'm so excited to be here, guys. We're super excited to chat with you as well. And today we're starting this episode with something different. So Kels, I'll pass it off to you. We're not really strangers. The game that you're really not supposed to play with people who are actually strangers as much as the title might confuse that. And so, yeah, we thought it'd be fun to get to know you a little bit better and for our audience to get to know you a little better. Honestly, Emily, I feel like you're pretty open on your stories and your Instagram content anyway, so this might be a lot of repeat. But the first question is, if you could have it your way... Who would you be with? Where would you be? And what would you be doing? Oh, I love this question. It's good. I love it. Okay. I would be with my sister 100%. We're like glued to the hip. And right now she's in London um, in the UK. So I'm pretty sad. So I would be with her. We would be traveling, bopping around the world is the word that I use. Um. Yeah, I would say just somewhere in Europe, like having a repeat European summer, just the two of us. Could really use that right now. Right? The dream. I want it to last all year round, European summers. Yes. I've been like dreaming of European summer since before COVID. Like it was my plan summer of 2020 to go to the south of France and hasn't happened yet. So I think my answer to that would be literally with any of my girlfriends in the south of France, laying on a beach, eating mm. croissant, mm. drinking wine, something the like that. Is key. Oh. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> More than one. Yes. More than one. That's conservative. Okay, Emily, but that's a bit of a cheat. You have to actually pick one location. Ooh. We know that the whole summer is going to be all over, but this moment in time, where are you? Okay, I am going to say we are in the Algarve in Portugal. We're Portuguese, so Ooh. I would say somewhere around like the islands, but in Portugal. Does that count as an as a location? Oh, that yeah. <laughs> Come on. The next podcast we record, we'll do it there. Uh, How about that? Deal. <laughs> and your sister can come. I think oh. I'm split. There's two answers here. The like my gut reaction is that there's just no better place on earth than being on the East Coast with my family at the cottage in the ocean, just like wasting time and loving every second of it. But I would say my actual answer would be with two of my friends, Carolyn and Cynthia. We would be probably in L.A., I would say, because we've been talking about going to LA for literal years and we just have never pulled the trigger. And then I think, what would we be doing? I think we do your standard LA day, go out for like a bougie brunch, spend the afternoon shopping Abbott Kinney and then spend the evening, you know, eating a picnic on the beach. I feel like that's like the perfect. I love it. I love it. You're going to love LA. It's really fun. Oh yeah. Well actually Emma and I were there how many years ago is that now? Like two or three Probably years? Like three years. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And it is, time. it's such a blast, but we went with so many people and I feel like we didn't get to do like the true LA experience because we were just in a group of like 10 people and that's hard to coordinate. Yeah. Right. There's two yeah. people to manage. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a lot of opinions. And I'm a little upset you didn't pick me to go to LA with, but we can You're talk about it. She's You're coming. <laughs> Okay, so now let's pivot to 
your business, Emily. Tell us a little bit about how New Beauty came to be. Yeah. Oh, I love telling this story because it was so organic for me. And I think that the best brands that develop come from an an organic situation. So I would say this was maybe 2019, 2018. Um, I was still working corporate. So I was working for the Hudson's Bay as a marketing manager. Um, And I always thought I wanted to be corporate. I was like, I'm going to be a CEO. Mm -hmm. I went to school for business. I was like, this is it. Um, Working my way up. That was my only goal. And then when I got there, I was like, "Mm, this is not it for me. Like, it's not fulfilling. Yes, you know, achieving those goals when I wanted it to be on a certain timeline, whatever it was. Um, was fulfilling. But once I got there, I was just like reconsidering everything. Like, is this what I really want to do? Um, so at the time, I actually started New Beauty with a business partner, uh, somebody I met at my old corporate role. And we connected on like beauty and skincare and makeup. And we were like, you know what? I feel like there's a gap between the self-care space and the skincare space. There's really no brand that talks about both with mental health and, you know, loving the way you look and feel inside and out. So um, I'm very passionate about that. So that's how we started. We started as an Instagram account where we were posting just mindfulness, you know, affirmations Mm -hmm. and um, manifesting and how to be happier, how to love yourself from inside out. And then we were like, you know, since we love beauty so much, why don't we develop something, something that we use every single day? We're both uh, fast-paced female entrepreneurs, something that we needed to be on the go, ready to use. So we mixed in four of our top ingredients, which we call our Hero 4 now, um, and we developed new beauty. And that's basically how it came to be in the short short term. Um And then since then, we've expanded more into the self-care space. Um, So like my goal is that when you come onto our website or our Instagram account or TikTok, you're learning something new, whether it's the wellness space, the skincare space, the mindfulness. Like I want somebody to take something away to better their life and be happier with themselves, even, even if it's not about skincare. So that's kind of what my goal was. And it's just happened so organically and it's growing so organically too. During the pandemic, I thought we were going to take a quite a big hit, but self-care had such a moment and mm-hmm. we just started skincare. totally, yeah. totally. And we were thriving in it because people started to care about what they were putting on their skin, what they were eating, what they were consuming on, on social media. And we tapped into that. So um, since then we've been kind of, on a roller coaster, but upwards and onwards. So it's been really, really fun to watch New Beauty grow. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That honestly it resonates so much. I used to, I, I took business in school and I thought the exact same thing. I was like, I can't wait to wear pencil skirts and heels <laughs> to work every single day. This is going to be awesome. I'm going to channel my like inner Miranda Priestly and this is just going to be how life goes for me. And then I landed in tech where everyone wears jeans and t-shirts. Oh. And I'm like, 
I feel so cheated from that experience. So I have to live vicariously through people like you that have done it. Um, I have a question. When you were going way back, you met your co-founder. You were thinking you wanted to start something. You were creating this Instagram page. Did you know that skincare and beauty was going to be your arm into entrepreneurship? Or were you evaluating a bunch of different alternatives? We were looking at everything. I actually wanted to create a swimwear line. That was my goal. Um, but it didn't work out that way. We kind of had a bunch of different industries that we looked at. Fashion. We had tech. We had um, mm-hmm. skincare. And we were looking at the industry and just to see, like, you know, where is the competition? Is it oversaturated? And, yeah, the skincare industry is oversaturated. But I was trying to merge the wellness space and the skincare space. And I felt like that was something innovative. So looking back at it, yeah, we had no idea what we were doing or what we were going to go into. It kind of just happened based on conversations and our personal interests. So that's why I say I love that it was so organic because we didn't force ourselves into an industry. Um, Mm -hmm. and even now, like if I wanted to pivot, we could, because new beauty is not just skincare. Yes, we have skincare products, but the conversation is not just about skincare. And I think that's what makes us so special. Mm -hmm. And I love that. Yeah. It really just came from something you were interested in. It wasn't like, oh, there's a really big opportunity in this specific thing. So that's what we're going to go after. And I think that's what makes businesses successful is when the founders actually just really love what they're building. They love the space they're in and they're doing it because they're just interested in it. So I think that's really cool. When did you know it was time to leave the corporate job and go full-time entrepreneur? Yeah, that's the golden question. I get that question all the time. And I was actually that person asking other entrepreneurs, when did you know? Because you, like, how would you know? You know, there's so many Mm -hmm. factors to think about. And I always say when you know, you know, and I know that's like a cheat answer, but Mm -hmm. it's so different from, for everybody, you know, like your financial situation, are you ready to, you know, leave a corporate stable job where you have a paycheck every single like two weeks? Are you okay to be, you know, taking this on full time? You have to set a new schedule, a new routine. Um, It takes a lot of discipline to be an entrepreneur and to leave your corporate job. So When I knew it was time was when I was waking up and I was more passionate about new beauty than I was my corporate job. And Mm -hmm. when I started new beauty, it wasn't like that. I was very passionate about my corporate job. I was very passionate on, you know, taking on new challenges and working my way up. Like I I really wanted to be like a CEO of a big corporate corporation. That was always my goal. But at some point in my journey, it flipped And that's when I knew that new beauty should be my full-time thing. It was fueling my energy. Like it was making, you know, that fire within me so passionate. Whereas my corporate job, although I love the people I worked with and and the brand, it was like, I don't, I cannot do another presentation. Like I physically cannot do this anymore. And like, that's, that's kind of how I knew. So I always say like, when you know, you know, because it's going to click for you. It's actually, it's not the craziest thought. I've been getting really into personal finance lately, reading every book I can get my hands on, listening to every podcast, watching YouTube videos. Like I'm like full out obsessed right now. Mm -hmm. And the number one theme across all of these different thought leaders, you know, people that have a, a million and one different investment strategies is they're like, you have to know yourself first before you know how to invest and who you are as an investor. And they're like, there are some people whose risk tolerance does not allow them to pick stocks. And if that's the case, the only bad decision is for you to do something against you know, like your nature 
and what's comfortable for you. And so I actually think that's really good advice, not to just take someone else's word for, okay, six months in or at this revenue number, or once you've diversified into these channels, because it is so personal. It is personal. And I always say, what's the worst that could happen, right? So like, let's say you quit your full-time job, your corporate job. What is truly on the rational mind? Like, what is the worst that could happen? Your brand fails and you have to go back. You get a new corporate job, right? Like that risk isn't actually that risky because there's always a plan B, plan C, plan D. It can go on and on and on, right? So everyone is so different. And when you're ready to take the leap and you, you feel passionate to succeed, that's when the right time is. Mm-hmm. I completely agree. Because then if you don't take that leap, it's always going to be in the back of your mind. Like, what if I had done it? What would have happened? And I think that's harder to live with than taking the leap and it doesn't work out and you go back because then at least you know. Totally. So yeah, I completely get that. Now you do really well on your personal Instagram and you have new beauties content, which is obviously takes a lot of time. How do you do all of it? How do you put this much great content out consistently? Honestly, I am blessed to have an amazing team um, for new beauty. I just took on four new employees under us um, that make up our social team. So I could not do it without them. Um, You know, one of my, my social media manager, Rabia, huge shout out to her because she keeps us in check. Um, So in the beginning, it was all me. So I was managing my full-time, my personal Instagram, because that came before New Beauty and then New Beauty. Um, And it was a lot to manage. I was, I was time batching. I'm a huge time batcher. Like every single day is completely different. Um, Yeah. I love it. So that kept kept me in check. But as we started to scale and, you know, other things start to happen for me, I start to get more busier with my personal Instagram. Um, I found Rabia, who was an intern at first, and she's grown amazingly in her role. And now she basically spearheads our social department. Um, so between her and I, we're kind of creating the concepts for it. But she's actually the one executing. And you'll see her all over our page. Um, So that's basically how I do it. I rely on the team a lot to kind of pull um, content and to see like what competitors are doing, what other micro or smaller brands are doing that we need to jump on. Like maybe they're not in our direct industry, but um, you know, they're still a competitor. So what are they doing? What do we need to do? So I'm always challenging them. And we also, I also have somebody looking at our analytics. So what performed, what didn't perform, Mm -hmm. what do we need to do more of? I think it's, silly if you're blindly posting things on social media without looking at the numbers even my personal self it's like if something didn't perform why didn't perform we're going to dissect that and figure out is it the hashtags is the location what about the photo did not work what about the content didn't work Mm -hmm. was it too long um so we dissect every little thing and that basically creates our decisions for the following week so we're a well-oiled machine now but it took a little while to get there Oh, this reminds me, Emma, do you remember we were talking with Jenna from the Silk Labs and she was literally, she's amazing. First of all, we love Jenna, but she was talking about something so similar. And she's like, look, at the end of the day, I'm a content or a marketing company. The products will come and go depending on what's interesting to me and what's interesting to my audience. And it's a very interesting sentiment because you're basically, like you mentioned, building a content machine and the context can change. So I'm curious what part of your, or how much of your business, I should say, how many employees, how much time are you dedicating to content versus 
all the other parts of new beauty that require time and attention? It's a great question. Um, I would say, so the team is strictly social media just because that's, oh wow, yeah, that's consumer facing. Like you see what we put out there is, is basically all over social media. I deal with like the email marketing and, you know, the behind the scenes, the inventory, mm-hmm. all that stuff. So I'm more back end or back office, you could call it. Um, yeah. but we do spend a lot of time. Like we have a two and a half hour weekly meeting every Monday where we're like, how did this work? What are the learnings? What are the opportunities? What's competition doing? And everyone has their own role at the meeting where I, I like to empower my team to like come and own their roles, even if they're interns. Like I want you to spearhead this task or this campaign or this new project that we're doing. Um, and you teach me, like, if you really feel like we need to be doing this, then convince me why, and then we'll do it. So I'm very empowering in that sense. Um, so we do like a two and a half hour meeting on the Monday, and then we have an, sorry, an analytics meeting midweek, um, that we work on together. And then I also have my like one-on-ones, which with each individual team member, just to make sure that we're hitting their goals and they're happy in their roles and we're learning still because learning is like the ultimate goal for me. Um, So I would say like weekly, we probably do like four hours of social media work. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) but it makes sense. Yeah. It's a, it makes sense because there's so many moving pieces, right? You want to stay relevant and to be relevant, you really have to work on it. So um, a lot of what people don't see is the analytical part the behind the scenes mm-hmm. where you're pulling the numbers and you're understanding, you know, what the consumer's clicking on or what they want to see more of because that will translate into dollars, right? So um, we mm-hmm. focus on it. Mm-hmm. I'm curious, how has it been being becoming a leader of people? It sounds mm-hmm. like it's pretty new that you've been building out your team. Are there certain things you've done that you think have helped you um, become a good leader? Yeah, great question. Um I really feel like being a leader is what really makes me passionate about new beauty. Um, I hated being a one-man show. And now that I have a team, I just get so happy when I see them succeed in their roles. I was blessed to have such great leaders at the Bay when I was there. So I learned a lot about how to manage just based on how they were managing me and how not to micromanage, but also give Mm. enough direction where they have some sort of pathway to go down. So um, I learned a lot being in corporate. And I think that was the silver lining in it because you you work with so many different personalities, right? Um, I've also had really poor managers, like really bad ones. Yeah. And now I know what not to do too. So um, using those tactics, I've kind of formulated, you know, goal setting and check-ins. And I always say like, okay, rate your workload from like, one to being, I can do more to five, like cannot do anymore. And like, I want them to be like at a three and a half because I also want them to like live and do really fun stuff Mm -hmm. and like have a life, you know? So, um, it's really important to me. And I also keep my meetings lighthearted. I'm not like a sergeant where I'm like, okay, next, next, next. Like we laugh and we talk and we like get personal sometimes. Like I think a couple of weeks ago, we were all like brutally hungover, brutally. And we're like, okay, team detox. Like we're all detoxing. And then we made it into like a social media challenge. We're like, okay, every single day we're going to do this detox drink 
because we all need a flush out of our system. So it's like work hard, play hard with our team. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think that's what really made me a great leader is just like looking at the leaders I had in the past and pulling the things that I liked and the things I didn't like and basically mm-hmm. using it to formulate my team and lead them. I am such a firm believer that you learn equally as much, if not more, about what not to do from bad managers than what to do from good managers. Can you give some examples of things that you were like, 100%, I'm not bringing this over to my team at New Beauty? I will never be the micromanager. I will never Mm. ask you more than three times to do something or to do it right. So if something's not happening, I usually like remind the individual, don't forget to do this, whatever. If it still happens, I use that as a coaching period where it's like, okay, what support do you need from me? So let's dive a little Mm -hmm. deeper because let's say we're missing a deadline. Okay. Now we know the deadlines are being missed. What do you need from me? Is it a tool? Is it a reminder? Is it your Google Cal? Like what can we do to set it up? So you remember to do these tasks. I would never ask somebody more than once to be like, hey, are you doing this? Hey, are you doing this? Like, that's just not my personality. I've had that manager in the past um, Mm -hmm. who was like jumping down your throat before you were even able to start the task. Um, So instead of asking or being on the person's back, I'd rather use it as a coaching period to see how I can support them as a proper manager or a leader. Mm -hmm. I love that. And I think... Yeah, going with that question of like, how can I help you? What do you need from me is so beneficial because it puts the ownership on yourself. Ultimately, it's your business. You're the one who is running the show at the end of the day. And so it is kind of coming down to you. And I think that's one of the biggest things I learned too um, from bad management is like, don't throw your people under the bus. Totally. Oh, totally. Do not make it a them problem. Even if it is, like protect them and help them yeah. I also too, um, I would never tell somebody what they did wrong. And I learned this from my old manager. Um, she would actually allow me to come to the conclusion, which I think is a great mm-hmm. tactic because everybody knows like you're not performing to your best abilities. So instead of telling somebody that they're not, you're kind of probing to be like, okay, like, what do you think your wins were for the week? What do you think we can work a little <laughs> harder on? And they usually come to the conclusion because you know, we're self-aware majority of us. So like you would, you would know if something wasn't at the expectations that it should be. So I would never be like, you did this wrong. Instead, it's like, Mm -hmm. what do you think we can do a better job at? And how do I support you? It's always a support, right? Like I'm the support system. How do I support you to allow you to flourish in your role? Yeah. I was listening to a podcast too, and it was talking about when there is a major issue, someone messes something up, someone misses a deadline, whatever it is, um, there are two types of people that can walk into the room. There is someone that comes in and thinks they just smashed it and doesn't even know that something's wrong. And then there are the people who think they're getting let go for making one mistake, right? And it's it's like, you're either one or the other. There's not that many people in between. And what this person was saying is like a major management tactic is in the first 30 seconds, setting the tone for the conversation. The people that walk in thinking it's sunshine and rainbows, you tell them like, hey, we're going to have a serious conversation for the next 15 minutes. Do I have your attention? And is now a good time and get them to opt in so that they're finally listening. Now, the opposite is true for the people that 
think they're getting let go over missing a deadline, for example, you tell them like, no one's getting let go. This is a safe space. We can talk about it so that it doesn't happen in the future, but you're not in trouble and I don't think less of you because of it. When I heard that, I was like, oh my gosh, I can think back to exact moments when that kind of setup would have been so, so valuable. Absolutely. I love that. I'm going to use that moving forward because that is that is <laughs> so important. You want to set the tone for the meeting or a discussion, yeah. right? I love that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. To pivot a little bit, I'm curious because you said your personal Instagram kind of took off before you started New Beauty. Do you think that's helped New Beauty grow? And is that something you'd recommend founders do is to build their own personal brand? Absolutely. Like, absolutely. <laughs> you sure about that? Absolutely. 100%. I have a girlfriend who has a beautiful swimmer line, but she's more behind the scenes. She doesn't have like an um, influencer page. And you don't have to be. Um, mm-hmm. But she doesn't really show that she's behind the scenes. And I think you know, that's her style, but I see such a value in having a presence on social media. And I said this yesterday at an, at an event, your Instagram is now your resume because when you go on social media or you hear about somebody or a brand, what's the first thing you do? You're so true. looking at their Instagram, right? It's yep. your mm-hmm. resume now. And like, if you can connect a founder to a brand, it humanizes the brand. So I 100% think that having a presence on social media has got New Beauty to where it is today. A lot of people mm-hmm. haven't even tried New Beauty, but they know about it because I post about it all the time or I'm talking about it all the time. Or, mm-hmm. you know, Hyla from 437 does a great job at this. She, her entire page is just entrepreneurship. Like she's just totally. talking about being a business owner. And I think that's so powerful because She's showing the behind the scenes. Like you want to see what she's doing. She's not showing products, but she's talking about like her self-development. I think that's so powerful. So for me, I think having a community and I'm not big by any means, but having a community that's so focused and so tapped into what I'm talking about has helped New Beauty so much because it's driven traffic over to that page and created that community. And there's such power in that. And I love to show like behind the scenes with new beauty and like what I'm doing on my personal mm-hmm. page, because I do think it allows people to make that connection that I am part of it. I am working on it. And here's my other baby that I don't always talk talk about. You know what I mean? So um, my personal opinion would be that founders should have a presence on social media. And I think Jenna does a great job at it too from the Silk Labs. Yeah, the behind the scenes comment or content. I feel like Hyla does this really well because she also shows like it's not too serious. Mm-hmm. Like she shows her like having fun mm-hmm. and traveling and people do buy into her story. Oh yeah, and then they also happen to be huge fans of 437. I you you said your other baby though and I have to stop just for a second. How do you prioritize your time when you do have two babies that you're looking after at the exact same time? Yeah, it's it's tough. I have a schedule now that I it works for me. Um, so basically, yeah. every single day of the week, I'm doing something different. So like Mondays are my new beauty days. I have like back to back meetings from 11 a.m. or 10 a.m. I have a very strict morning routine also, but at 10 a.m. back to back meetings until like 6 p.m. That is my new beauty days. So we meet wow. with my team. I, I have um, a group of like a mastermind group with other entrepreneurs. So I'm literally doing meetings all day. 
Tuesdays are like my new beauty work days. So whatever I talked about on Monday, I'm actually doing it on Tuesdays. Um, and then I have like overflow. If I need more meetings, um, I'll transfer them to Tuesdays. Wednesdays are my content creation days. I will not answer an email. I will not be online for new beauty. You will not catch me opening up my email. It is strictly shooting content for brands, TikToks, oh, I love photos, it. whatever it needs to be done. It's happening on, on Wednesdays and I'm represented by an agency now and they know that. They know Wednesdays are the days that Emily is shooting and that's what I do on Wednesdays. Thursdays are like my days where I need to do a little bit more of everything else. So I have a couple of meetings. Um, I have my touch bases on Thursdays with my team, my one-on-ones. Um, and if I need to reshoot something or edit something to submit to a brand, that's happening on Thursdays. And then Fridays, I don't work at all. I'm not online. Oh. Cannot catch me online. I'm showing up on social media. Um, yeah, that's basically. And then the weekends, I'm really trying to spend time with my family on weekends and my friends. Mm-hmm. I I completely lost my weekends when I was first doing this. Um because everything was like blending in together. But now I'm like, Saturday and Sunday is my family time. Sundays, I see my grandparents. Saturdays, I'm in the pool with my my parents. So it's very important to like have that rest and relax as well. Okay, you mentioned morning routine. I knew it. Break down the morning routine. (laughs) We love a morning routine. I am so serious about my morning routine. I wake up Every day around like the 7, 7.30 mark, um, first thing I do is have like my detox tea, which is like hot water, lemon, and apple cider vinegar. I drink that while I do my five-minute journal. Then I grab a coffee and I come back out and I do – sorry, I'm doing this all outside, by the way, Um, because I want to be like in nature. I want to be grounded. I want like to hear the birds. I want to hear – I want to see the trees. So – um then I do more of like a long form journaling so like I'll script I will write down how I feel what I'm trying to manifest for the month where I am in terms of my goals um it's basically dependent on my mood on my mood when I wake up so if I feel overwhelmed I'll write down my to-do list if I feel excited I'll script something into fruition depends really what what I want to do and then I will go for a walk and listen to a podcast for about 45 minutes um to an hour and then I come back home and I read for 45 minutes 30 minutes to 45 minutes like a novel um and then I meditate for 20 and then I start my first meeting I'm obsessed look at Emma's face right now she's in love (laughs) (laughs) no it's so good and I recently I left my job at Shopify in July um and I'm working on my master's and I'm working on the podcast and just kind of random things. And it's been so hard to like get a routine that feels good. And I feel like honestly, this week is the first week where I'm like actually getting into a rhythm and it's been two months. So this is very, very good inspirational. I'm going to definitely honestly, take some tips. And like every day is different. <laughs> like sometimes I skip the walk. Sometimes I skip the reading. It really depends on how you feel. But if you have like some sort of outline on like, what truly like sets you up for success. And that looks different Mm -hmm. for everybody. Like you don't have to meditate, meditate for 20 minutes. Like maybe you like to run, maybe you like to do yoga or Pilates, whatever it is. Like you have the ability being an entrepreneur to set your schedule and like, you will not catch me in a meeting before 11 
unless it's like a do or die situation. Like I have to be there because I like to set my days up for success. And that morning routine process is so important for me. So mm-hmm. once you find your groove, you're going to love it, Emma. Like it's so fun. Like I have so much fun every morning and I wake up like that's why I'm awake at 7 a.m. because I'm, I'm woken up and I'm like, yes, I can do this all over again today. So it's it's amazing. I was going to say that's kind of what it came down to with working a nine to five. I was like, I it actually makes my skin crawl when someone else controls oh, what yeah. I do every day oh, yeah. like and controls my schedule. Like I want to be able to go for a nice long walk in the morning. <laughs> you know, I want to be able to do those things. If you make me do things, oh, I, I can't agree it. more. I would start my meetings <laughs> at like 8 a.m. When I was working full time, I'm like, I started at nine. Why is this meeting at 8 a.m.? Like, I mm-hmm. would wake up and like go to my laptop. Like, what kind of life is that, you know? So, morning routines are. Especially during Ugh. COVID, it was just so bleak. Awful. <laughs> there is something too, not to get like too like into the neuroscience of it, but there is something to be said about training your brain in small wins early on in your day. And so a lot of people say like, if you snooze your alarm, you're automatically setting yourself back and you feel like you're entering the day on your back foot. Whereas if you can be proactive with a morning routine and kind of like mentally check boxes to make it feel like you're making progress, you're going to be so much more productive in the hours that you do work. So I think it's powerful on multiple levels. It is. It's so powerful. And I just feel like you feel better. Like you feel like you accomplished Mm -hmm. so much already. And I'm a big believer on waking up without an alarm. Like I will never, unless I have, you know, like that's how, you know, you're in a good space in life when you wake up and like, there's no alarm, like no one's waking you up, you know, but waking up, but so wake up happy. Exactly. You said exactly what I was going to say. Like so aligned when you're happy and you can wake up at like 7am and you're like ready to go. That just fuels me. Oh, I love it. Okay. So our, my, I still work full time and on Fridays over the summer, we have the day off. We call it summer Fridays and it is the best. I love every second of it. Did you, like you said that you were drowning on weekends. So I'm assuming you weren't always taking Fridays off. What was that transition like? Um, I don't even know when that happened. It kind of happened naturally for me. Um, basically I also had summer Fridays so I was kind of programmed okay. that like Fridays was like the rest day or like Fridays you like took the day off. Um, so it kind of happened where I was like, you know what? It's a beautiful day. I don't want to be working right now. And like, guess what? No one's telling me to work. So if I don't need to do <laughs> anything right now, like I set my own schedule. If I'm working really, really hard Monday to Thursday, I can relax on, on Fridays. And mm-hmm. yes, like I do work on some Fridays, like tomorrow I'll be working. But for the most part, um, I found that my productivity just significantly increased when I was taking that extra day to myself, Yes, you know, so I just feel more um, rested and ready to go Monday morning. So once I saw that happen for me and everything kind of shifted, I was like, okay, I'm onto something here. Like, let me just take my Fridays to myself. If I need it, it's there. But for the most part, it just helped my productivity levels for sure. Mm-hmm. It's actually surprising. Like you, once you just shrink the amount of time to get things done, you can still get the same amount of things done and you just do it more efficiently. Totally. It's like, the, and it's more motivating. It's the, the Pomodoro technique, essentially. Literally. Like you take the 25 minutes, pick a task, create subtasks, get it done. 
25 minutes, that's all you really need, right? And if you go over, then come back to another day, switch your task. Well, speaking of being efficient, is it time for our quick hits? Let's do it. <laughs> okay, so Emily, we've got questions for you. First answer that pops into your brain, that's what we want to hear. Okay. And we'll we'll do them rapid fire style. So first question, what's the last book that you read? Um, Malibu Rising. Uh, so not self-development, um, but it's a phenomenal just like book that's written in Malibu. I think it's like back in the 1950s. It's so good. Oh, wow. It's really, really good. I loved it every second of it. Um, for self-development, I always reread The Four Agreements. That's like my Bible. Love that book to death. So I don't know. <gasps> it's such a good one. All oh, really? Okay. Okay. I'm on it's it. It's amazing. Yeah. It is really good. Okay. Great answers. Um, next question. What's a brand other than your own that you're loving right now? I am very intrigued by Set Active right now um, just because they have really crushed the social media game. Um, and everybody that you want to be wearing your product or using your product is currently wearing Set Active. And I find their sales model very intriguing with the drop model. Okay, I didn't know they, they do, do a drop, drop model. model. Yeah, I just, it confuses me how they can do that so rapidly. <laughs> and I think they're the only brand doing it well right now. I don't think there's any other brand mm -hmm. that's really crushing the drop model. Um, so I've been looking into them a lot because I feel like I feel like they're really, really killing it right now. Mm -hmm. that yes, is such we're trying answer. to get them on the podcast. Yes, Lindsay it's true. has a really cool story. Oh, yeah. So we'll see. Maybe Good it'll luck. happen. Another brand though that I think does do the drop model well is Mad Happy. I'm not familiar. Okay, they're they're a really cool brand. You should check them out. They um they do like different like sweat sets and stuff mm. and they sell out instantly. Really? Where are yeah. they based out of? And they have a podcast too. It's like mental health focused. Oh, wow, I love that. That's yeah. awesome. I'll check them out. Yeah. Okay. This is actually my favorite question of the entire Quick Hits series. What's one thing you just don't understand? Ooh. Just know everything. <laughs> no, there's a lot. That's it. it there's a lot easy of set. things I don't understand. Um, Our last guest said crypto. I also don't understand that either. <laughs> I do not understand crypto by any means. So yeah, I guess that's my answer. I'm not like a huge tech. That's a good one. I'm not a huge tech person either. I'm actually not really big on investing, to be honest. So like that could be another answer. I would love to mm -hmm. learn more, um, but that's something I just don't understand. Crypto would be my answer. I don't yeah. get it. Yeah, I'm trying to learn it too. I like go down YouTube rabbit holes on crypto. I'm really trying to learn it. And I called Kelsey the other day. I was like, okay, this is going to be a challenge to myself. We're going to do an episode where I teach you about crypto once I know it. So keep <laughs> I'll an eye listen out. to that episode because we'll I really see. don't understand. <laughs> it's like, it's like, you can't, can you buy, you can't buy things with it yet. Or you can. Oh, oh, you can. You can. That's the, the whole thing in e-commerce. There are companies out here that are building crypto payment gateways, and then they're selling them back to you know brands on Shopify, for example, or other platforms. And you can literally purchase cars. You can purchase Tesla now, I think, in, in Bitcoin specifically. So this is, I feel like this is the tip of the iceberg when it comes to crypto. 
and its applications. Oh, so you're telling me we're gonna figure it out. I was eventually. gonna say you're telling me I need to go learn after this episode. I need to go learn <laughs> crypto because that is the future. Just one more thing to add to your plate because you have so much free time, Love right? That for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Final question: Who do you think gets it? Um, I think Marianna Hewitt gets it. I I love her. She is my, I would say, inspiration on all levels in terms of a content creator, a business owner, podcast host. I think she juggles everything yeah. extremely well. I think she just understands the influencer market, the social media game, and she just gets it. I agree. And she also just seems like such a lovely, nice person. Yeah, of course. Agreed. Yeah, she just comes off so authentic. And I think consumers can see through that when a founder or a brand isn't authentic. And I think she just does such a phenomenal way of connecting with her audience and her community. Um, so yeah, I look up to her all the time. I, I love her podcast. I learned so much from it. So she's really doing an amazing job. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a great one. Yeah. And honestly, you should start a podcast again because you have yeah. so much time. We're just putting so much on your plate. <laughs> you totally should though. You would be so perfect. I like to be on them. I don't know if I could host. Maybe. Mm. It's different, right? It's different hosting being versus being interviewed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Actually, one of the things we learned early on was we thought like, oh, we can just come in with like good questions and pepper these guests with everything we want to know and just give them the limelight. And what we're seeing in our data is like people still want us to have opinions yes. and to contribute. And it's so you're so right. It's a completely different muscle bringing ideas to the table and then getting them out of other people. Yes. And so it's it is kind of a, a fine line. It is. It's it's tough. Mm-hmm. It's very tough. But it's nice that you guys have each other to balance it off of, right? So like. One person can answer, one person can ask the next question. But if you're like a solo podcaster, it's a lot. Yeah. Pressure is the right word. Yeah. Yeah. But but yeah, this has been so fun. So you're welcome back. Anytime you want to be a guest again, you can just email us and you're welcome back anytime. Thank you so much for coming on today, Emily. This was so fun. Thank you so much for having me. I had a blast. So that was that was a really good conversation. I feel like I did not expect to come across any entrepreneurs doing this podcast that were actually taking a day off during the week. And I think if this teaches anyone anything, it's how powerful time batching can be or time blocking mm-hmm. and having specific days dedicated to certain activities. Like I don't think Emily did herself justice here just with how structured she is and how productive she is within the four days that she does work. I think she played it off like, oh yeah, this is just my schedule. I think she's actually like on another level. And I I just love the fact that she's taking liberties and she's making this sustainable and there is balance in her life. I I think that that's something to strive for. Mm-hmm. You're make, she's making it work for her. And honestly, yeah. I think that is one of the most powerful things about entrepreneurship is you call the shots. And like, for me, that's really what was eating away at me. I said this in the episode of like, I hated not being able to call the shots in my own life. And I think it's really motivating. Um, mm-hmm. And then you get, you just, you love what you do. I think it's a way to really enjoy your work because you're deciding what that looks like and you're designing it in a way that works for yourself. And I think it's similar to how Emily said, you know, 
she can't say what the right time to leave your job is. It's really up to you and knowing yourself. I think it's the same thing with developing a schedule as an entrepreneur. Like what will work best for you that will allow you to build your business, enjoy it, and also live your life? Yeah. Life is too short to work yourself into the ground and to think that everything you need to do is like out of the sense of duty. Just go make another way, change things, mm-hmm. right? Find mm-hmm. a way to make it work for you. And exactly. Emily is such a good example of that. Yeah. There are no rules. It's a reminder. There are, there are no, no rules. rules in life. So true. You can do whatever so you want. So true. Well, if you liked this episode and if you want to support us, we would be eternally grateful if you would rate and review our podcast on Apple, if possible, and comment on our most recent IG post. Let us know what you liked and who you think we should have on next. And we will see you next week. Have a great week.